Finders, episode two. Welcome to all of our fetish-interested listeners and our friends who are listening to Humor Us. We appreciate both subjects of those people. Nope, that didn't make sense. I actually appreciate the people interested in fetishes more, but our friends are all right. Hey, guys. (laughs) I'm Erin. I'm Haley. And we are your typical teachers just here to educate you on the fetishes of life. So typical. (laughs) Today's topic is furries. I'm sure you've heard of them. I'm sure you've seen, seen them. And... Now you're going to know about them. Maybe. Erin, <laughs> I'm here to tell you that I think we may have fucked up a little this week. Tell me why. You look really scared. I Listeners. am scared. <laughs> you already know why. Oh, good. Okay. I <laughs> thought it was like, surprise, we don't have any information to tell you. <laughs> I actually wasn't researching the whole time I was at your house. No, we fucked up because we realized as we were researching this thing that we thought was this like weird, crazy fetish that it's not actually as sexual as everybody in society seems to think. I actually totally agree. I read that it's, like, not sexual really at all, or at least not inherently. There's just, like, a small subgroup of this subgroup that sexualizes furries. And the more we researched them, the more I loved them. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I also have to tell our listeners that for a while, when I was teaching, I was very concerned about my students who would constantly, like, draw these furries because I always thought this was, like, a sexual experience that, you know, furries partook in. But I'm here to let you guys all know that when the 8-year-olds, 9-year-olds, and 10-year-olds of the world are drawing their little furry characters, not sexual at all. Keep it going, children. And I that's a perfect segue <laughs> into <laughs> this recovered memory I just had before we started recording where I remembered... When I was probably like eight or nine, I don't rem- I don't know, young, I had this notebook with all of these different characters that I drew that were all different animals. Yeah, not sexual at all, but I had like this whole notebook full of like rabbits, frogs, like all of these things that just had like little characters and I had like a little show imagined in my head with all of these characters and they were like in high school and like doing all this cool stuff and they were just animals. Okay, so I'm here to let you know, I'll get into this research later, <laughs> but you're a furry then. Okay. According to the research that I did, Haley is a furry. I mean, maybe not now. Okay, she was. Nine-year-old was, yeah. Haley was yeah. a furry. Yeah. But I, I mean, I didn't have like my own personal persona, but I just had all of these little characters. That... We call that a fursona right. in the furry world. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to tell everybody about it before we researched it. Yeah, no, that's totally but fair. You just gave it away. I'm sorry. I, there's, I have more vocabulary for you to use in your future. Ooh, that should be something we add. Mm-hmm. Just like do Always. A vocab lesson. Yeah. At the beginning. <laughs> so when I do my vocab with my students, I give them a little picture and a sentence. Do you think we should incorporate that into our podcast? We can do the Frere model of vocabulary instruction. We'll post it on the Instagram. Any teachers who are listening to this are going to think we're really funny and everybody else is going to be like, can you please move on? (laughs) So before you get started, I had a pretty funny interaction with my coworker about furries because we, this person also thought that they were inherently sexual Mm -hmm. and they went to a Burning Man festival. Whoa. And I guess like the subculture of furries like usually has a camp at, um, Burning Man. Burning Man. This was like a, that we live in Arizona. I don't know if you people knew, but now you do. Um, This was like the Arizona Burning Man. So they do like little mini burning burns around the country. So it was not like the real Burning Man. Anyways. And so there was like a furry camp and we were like having this full discussion about it, about how it was like so sexual and all this stuff. And now I'm looking back on that conversation and I'm like, 
these people are just running around in their costumes having a good time. Yeah. Mm. I think that, like, in college, furries were super popular because people would always, they, like, people would just be walking around with tails and ears and stuff. Yeah. And I also dated a guy in college. Hopefully he's listening at some point. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fantastic. But he and his friends were all bronies, which I think is, like, a sect of furries. It is. I just remembered, like, not having any idea how to react to it. Like, I didn't understand, and I guess I should have tried harder to understand why they liked it so much, it being My Little Pony. Um, But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't process it. Is this what ended the relationship? There were many things. Oh. When we get off this podcast, I'm going to ask Haley who this person was, because I cannot (laughs) wait to know. (laughs) Hey, Vince. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But now looking back on them and their, like, their love for My Little Pony, it just kind of, now that I understand the idea behind furries, like, I, I, I understand where they were coming from and why they liked it so much a lot more than I did when I was in the middle of it. Also, as, like, we are now a fully grown adults, believe it or not, <laughs> but as an 18, 19, 20-year-old, however old you were, it's, like, so hard to get out of yourself and be accepting of other people. That's true. And so, like, now I can totally, like, understand and be accepting of it, whereas when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have been accepting either. Yeah, and I think, too, when you're a freshman in college, you're in this, like, weird mindset where, like... Like, I never have ever really cared about being cool, but you also have this, like, mentality of, like, oh, I need to, like, define the person that I am. Yes. And so if you know you don't want to be the type, the person that is a furry, like, if you know you don't want to be a furry, then you're not going to want to identify yourself with other people who are furries. Because then other people in the, like, you know... College world. College world. They're going to be like, oh, that girl always hangs out with the furries. She's a furry. Yeah. And for some reason, when you're in college, that really matters to you, but... (laughs) Yeah, college is basically like high school, and so is real life. Mm. Here to tell you. How nice. Do you disagree? I don't know what you said. <laughs> I misunderstood <laughs> what that comment was, so I, said, I was just going to shake my head and nod and go along with it as a polite person does. I said life is like high school. Oh, yes, life is 100% like high school. Agreed. I'm also, this reminds me, Erin, that of my new crusade of just being straightforward and upfront with people. So, <laughs> oh, so then when I didn't understand you, you I should have just been, like, been like, what are you talking about yeah. instead of being polite? But totally it's fair. so different when you don't hear somebody. Because yeah. I think I have really terrible hearing. Why am I talking about this right now? Not sure. But continue. So, I love it. <laughs> so people say shit to me all the time when we're not on Zoom, you know, like when we're interacting in the real world. And I won't hear them. And I just act like I hear them. I do it all the time. I did it just now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, so everybody. What's the difference between not hearing somebody and just being an asshole because you're not paying attention. Not sure. However, my crusade is... <laughs> yeah. This is honestly a good crusade, though. I think you should speak this to the world. Okay. Yeah. World, listen. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to do something, you don't have to fucking do it. And the... Re- <laughs> She's laughing and I'm like I'm, nodding my I'm head like, yes, your preach, girl, preach. <laughs> the reason I have this realization is because during the pandemic right now, I mean, at least if you're taking it seriously, like nobody's busy right now. But it still doesn't mean that you have to give your energy to every single person who wants to talk to you. So it's just as valid to say, like, I'm not up for talking or I'm not up for hanging out right now, rather than coming up with an excuse and saying you're busy. Like, everybody knows you're not busy. So just say, no, thank you. That's all you got to say. 
The real crusade is just be more honest, people. Yeah. I'd rather you hurt my feelings and tell the truth than me find out later you just suck. Yeah, I think it hurts, for, for me, it hurts my feelings more to know that somebody's lying to me about it. Like, you know, it's so obvious right now. Like, if you don't answer your phone, it's not because you didn't see the message. Like, when we had landlines, you could say that. Like, oh, I wasn't home or, oh, I couldn't get to the phone in time, whatever. Everybody has their phones all the time. So saying that you didn't see a message is just bullshit. So when I was in phase one of the heartbreak, I feel like Haley's calling me out right now. No, it's totally not at fine. all. No, I'm going to say this anyways. <laughs> I went on a nice little hike and didn't answer anybody's text messages. And um, She had plans to hang out with us. I was supposed to be on the Zoom yeah. call. <laughs> so we were all worried and I ended our Zoom, our group Zoom hang by saying, everybody text Erin to check up on her, which everybody did. So now I'm in phase three of heartbreak. I want yeah. everybody to know we that. We had a nice, and when we were supposed to be recording last week, we had a nice therapy session together, Erin and I. <laughs> we totally did. Who was the therapist? I don't know. but <laughs> The paper that we were writing on. <laughs> we drew our individual heartbreak phases. And I believe I'm in phase four now, mm-hmm. right? I think you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really nice just, just to, I don't know what we did. We just drew little pictures of... <laughs> What we did in each phase. Therapeutic. Yeah. All right, moving on to furries. Yeah, we're going to have to call that out probably. (laughs) No, it was great. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Haley, would you like to talk about furries? Um, Yeah, let me just turn my computer back on. Please hold. Okay, so like I said, we kind of fucked up because maybe we should have just moved on to another fetish, but I think it's still worth talking about it because so many people think and associate being a furry with it being sexual. Yeah. And well, so, there is a small group that is sexual, yeah. so it's worth talking about. It's just not what we thought it was. Yeah. I think it's more, like, even the people who are into the sexual side of things, they really embrace the community as a whole, too. There's just, like, a sexual component to their interest as yeah. well. Yeah. I agree. Um, so, from my research, um, the New York Post, Mr. Michael Kaplan, did some research into furries, um, there are about 250,000 people who identify as furries in the U.S., which is in 2017. Is it more or less now? I'm not sure. Um, and I guess the, the most interesting part of that article that I read was how much people pay for their costumes, which I guess makes sense. Um, I should have looked more into this, actually, because they, they can get pretty, like, elaborate. Like, this man, I think, w- was wearing, like, a crocodile costume or something like that and it had eyes that lit up and it was like animatronic almost and he paid $2,100 for it and so I'm sure yeah I'm sure like there are even more expensive costumes yeah I heard it's like a or I read that it's like a big thing in the furry community too to make sure like the zippers are like covered so you're like Mm. fully encased in this costume and it like obviously the idea of furries is that you're like a caricature of like a like, you're not supposed to look like a real alligator or whatever. You're supposed to look like a cartoon alligator. But, like, it's still supposed to be, like, as covered as possible, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, you are, like... You are the character. Yeah. You're no longer, like, the it's human not you inside. In the yeah, yeah, you are that person. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, the fursona that you talked about before. Yeah. And so, my favorite place to browse psychology today... Um, <laughs> Uh, Mr. Hal Herzog wrote an article about um, just like the like the social aspect of being a furry I guess Um, and kind of that the reason people gravitate towards this community is because 
the what's the name of the animals anim anthropomorphic mm-hmm. the anthropomorphic animals give you like a sense of your childhood so it's like this innocence that you go back to and a lot of the people who become involved in the furry community were people who were bullied as children or who didn't fit in as children and so they kind of go back to this like innocence of from their childhood where like you know the animals are kind and they have these cute eyes and they're like well, it must feel like such a safe place. Exactly. Like, everybody around them is doing the same thing, so there's no bullying or, like, I'm not cool anymore if that was their childhood. It's safe now. And the furry community seems like it's so open and so accepting of literally anybody. Yeah. Like, um, let's see. The people that they, that um, Mr. Herzog interviewed in his research um, found that furries are more than 50% more likely to, oh, okay. Members of the furry fandom are seven times more likely to identify as transsexual and five times more likely to identify as non-heterosexual. So I don't know if, like, queer people are just more drawn to that community or if they just feel more comfortable expressing themselves because they feel safe. Yeah. Or it's, like you said, it's accepting. So you can be whoever you truly are. You're not, you don't have to cover anything up. Yeah, and it was interesting, so, like, Um, the same article was talking about the people who have the fursonas, um, over time they find that their personality and day-to-day life kind of takes on aspects of their personality. I don't know if that's a word, but (laughs) I hope it is. (laughs) Um, which is, it's very empowering to realize, like, these people, they found a place where they could express who they really want to be, and then they are able to, like, slowly assimilate that into their everyday life, so it kind of helps them, like, um, kind of, like, break away from, like, the chains that they, I'm, like, bringing back to that Brene Brown. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they're, you know, a lot of them were, like, bullied and stuff when they were kids, and so they kind of built up these walls and, like, stopped letting themselves be who they wanted to be until they found this community that was accepting, and then they were able to bring that back out into, yeah, real life. Yeah, well, because... Once you're able to be vulnerable in situations, I feel like you'd be able to bring that into not just, like, the furry lifestyle, but all aspects of your life. Once you, like, practice it. Yes, exactly. I found some... I'm sure you have more research, so it's just, like, a little tidbit from what I found. Um, But you said that, like, you know, five times more likely to identify as... Was it homosexual or... Non-hetero. Non-heterosexual. I also found a statistic that says, like, most... Actually, I have the exact percentage here somewhere. It said that, oh, I don't. Um, Demographically, it's a white community under the age of 25. White male. Yeah, and young. That's, Mm -hmm. like, a really young community, which I read a lot about the person who started it, and he's no longer young, obviously, but it's interesting that it's so popular in the younger younger community. Well, and it seems like that, when I was doing that research, it reminded me so much of these guys that I, that one of the ones that I dated and his friends in college, like, they were the... stereotypical boys in high school that were bullied that you didn't really want to like associate yourself with um and then they found like this community they like became best friends in college but then they also had this online community of people who were accepting them and they just became so much more confident yeah and they were like fun to hang out with too it wasn't like like I feel like when (laughs) probably cut this out too but when I would try to like reach out to those types of people in high school where you could tell that they were like lonely and they needed somebody to like talk to them it was hard to talk to them because there was just like this wall where like you could tell they were holding back and so that kind of made it feel like a weird social interaction well yeah because they weren't used to being vulnerable because they were just gonna get picked on exactly yeah 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 
Um, so it was cool to, like, be around those guys and see them kind of, like, not be afraid to, like, be goofy and weird and, like... Whoever they wanted to yeah, be. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. What else did you find? Um, let's see. I have some stuff while she's looking at her computer. Um, I also found that, so some of the vocabulary I found I'll go over. Um, their costumes are actually, they refer to them as fursuits. And so you have your fursona, which is like the furry that you've chosen to depict in your fursuit. But I actually read a really good article on um, CNN written by Tom Patterson who said that you don't have to have a fursona to be a furry. So like when Haley was describing the um, animals and stuff that she drew, like his research and that he posted says like, well, that then you're a furry. Like even though you didn't have a fursona, you're still part of that community. Just if you're liking... like obsessed with drawing characters that have like human qualities or you like, you know, you love Bugs Bunny was his example. And like you just love to draw Bugs Bunny because mm-hmm. he has... He's, like, a personality that, or he's an animal that has a personality, like, human. Um, and then, so then, obviously, you have the people who have fursonas, and then, um, if you just like to draw, like, or animals that have human qualities that... Anthropomorphic, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I feel like one of the articles I read talked about being a furry as just any other fandom. So it's just, like, people who like Star Wars, there's different layers of people yeah. who like Star Wars. You know, you could just like, to watch the movies every once in a while, or you could have read every single book and every single spinoff, and you have, like, six different lightsabers, and you have all of the collectibles, so there's different layers, and it's, or, it's like a spectrum, I guess, so people can be, they just like to draw pictures of animals with cute eyeballs, or they could have a whole fursona and be, like, very immersed in the community and have a lot of connections and, like, different types of people that they interact with. Yeah. So I also read some lingo. A gray muzzle. Do you want to guess what that is? Ooh, let's play a game. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, so I have four that we, no, three that we haven't talked about when we already did. But what do you think a gray muzzle is in this community? Does it have something to do with eating pussy? Oh, no, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell me. It's just an older member of the furry community. That was like, it's like, now that you think about it, it's like, that's pretty obvious, but... I just went straight sexual. I loved it. (laughs) Here we are, fetish finders. Um, Bronies was also on my list, which Mm -hmm. is just, um, typically men, I think, that are interested in the... My Little Pony. My Little Pony. I wonder if that show is still airing. I have no idea. Hmm. Should have researched that. Should have. Um, what do you think a Therian is? Oh, I was gonna say that. Oh. I have it in Oh, here. okay. It's like, um, I mean, you can tell me. Oh, I don't have a lot of research on it. I just have written down that it's like a spiritual connection within the furry community. Yeah, so there's like a misconception that, that people outside of the furry community think that furries are all Therians, which is like somebody who feels like they have the spirit of an animal inside of them, which is completely separate thing from being a furry. Oh, yeah. I don't think I fully understood that from his research, but that makes so much more sense yeah. now that you're saying that out loud. Yeah. It says, um, sense of self includes non-human animals. Oh. So, like, a wolf trapped in a human body. Which... But that's... So that is part of the furry community? No. Or it's not part of the furry community at all? Oh. I mean, I guess Therians could probably participate in furry things, too, but... It's not the it's, same thing. Yeah, because that's more of, like, a, a spiritual thing. Like, you believe that yourself is part animal. Right. Okay. I understand. But I, (laughs) um, I feel like it's kind of similar to being 
like transsexual because you feel like like inside of yourself is different from the body that you were born with yes i i understand that thought process so i have one last vocabulary word okay tell me um a baby fur Aww. which is not actually just like a little tiny baby furry animal <laughs> it's or a furry i mean it's actually age play with younger or older furries Oh, I don't know if I like that. I'm not sure I'm convinced either, but that's what it is. <laughs> I wish you had done more research about that. Well, sorry. Is that getting into, like, pedophilia? Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't fully dive. Okay. Sorry. Well, listeners, be on the lookout for our pedophilia episode. It's going to be very difficult for us as teachers. So, it might take a while. We'll cringe the yeah. whole time. <laughs> Um, I have a little bit more research. Um, this one's more about, like, the sexual side of things a little bit. So, I'm gonna just read this because I don't really understand it, and then maybe you can process it for me. Yeah, no problem. It says, um, if some furries are sexually motivated, they may be motivated by an erotic target identity inversion, which is sexual arousal by the fantasy of being the same kinds of individuals to whom they are sexually attracted. So furries with ETIIs um, would experience both sexual attraction to anthropomorphic animals and sexual arousal by fantasizing about being anthropomorphic. Does that make sense to you? So they're sexually attracted to... To the animal, but then also to being an animal. Okay. The, the anthropomorphic animal. Right, right, right. But not a real animal. Right. Okay. But it, that so that's just the sexual aspect of it in general then, because then that, they would then go in to have sexual experiences with each other because they're they're in their fursuits. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. So I guess that's I don't know. I just honestly I just copied and pasted that because I didn't understand it, and so it seemed like it made sense, or it seemed like it would be like the the research side of why people are furries. And so I guess it's just that you, kind of like with the feet, like you have um, some sort of something happening in your brain that's making you be sexually attracted to something that is not sexual. Okay. And so I have more. Let's see. So we already talked about non-heterosexual males. Oh, this was actually interesting. So the um, study, this is from um, Kevin Sue. And it was just a, a research article that was posted online. Um, so when they surveyed furries, just furries in general, 99% of them admitted that there was some sexual component to them being a furry. So even though the furry community as a whole isn't, like, based around sex, there is everybody who enters it or most people who enter it have, like, a sexual motivation behind being there. Being there, Yeah. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that these animals have, like, human... Because it's not like you're dressing up as a wolf. You're dressing up as, like, a wolf that stands on two feet and talks and, like, could potentially have boobs and, like... Yeah. Yeah. So I almost wonder if, like, like, cartoonists who designed, you know, the very first anthropomorphic, you know, like, the Mickey Mouse characters in the Bugs Bunny, if they had some sort of sexual... Sexual attraction to that. and then it kind of just, like, became a part of pop culture and this whole thing exploded just from like these few people who drew hot animals yeah totally totally valid I don't know yeah 
I read similar research. Actually, I read it like kind of some conflicting research of my own because mine says a small percentage of furries sexualize it. Um, but if you do sexualize it, it's called yiffing in the community. That should have been a vocab word. I, I, it is a vocab word. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Okay. So yiffing is when you sexualize, when you're part of like the sexualized community. Does that stand for something? I'm not sure. I think, well, yes, actually, I read about it as well. It has to do a fox, I believe. It's a fox. Does That's, like, what it's called when they're, like, searching for a partner or something. They yiff. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's where gotcha. it comes from. So the, then that's now used in the furry community to describe that. I noticed on FetLife that there are so many fox furries. Oh, really? And I wonder why. Well, I feel like this sounds kind of creepy of me, but, like, I'm thinking about, like, all the cartoon foxes that I've seen. They're and like they're kind of sexy. And, like, yeah, they're like, you know, like she's got her big bushy tail yeah. and she's got her beautiful big eyes. I don't know where I'm getting that from, but I feel like that's a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've just cruised one maybe too many. Maybe, maybe I've also cruised one too many FetLife uh, <laughs> posts. Um, I also found, though, some research in they somebody, this was on Wikipedia, surveyed 4,300 4, people. And 37% of them said they have a sexual, that having a sexual attraction is important to their furry community. Um, but then a different online survey found that, that they like ranked it and it was 33% found a significant sexual interest. Okay. 46% found a minor sexual interest and then the rest of them, 21% found none. So that's pretty, that's like conflicting research. I wonder what the true... Well, I guess. Well, it's also so hard to get, like, accurate results from fetish research because we, I mean, we kind of talked about this last week. Like, some people are going to be a lot more hesitant to talk about things like that. And it also depends on, like, how the questions are worded and who, like, where you're posting the questions to. Because if you're just, like, I think when we were talking about foot fetishes, they did, like, a survey via phone and then an online survey. And the people who were surveyed online were a lot more likely to admit to having a fetish than the people that they talked to over the phone. Yeah. So I think that's, like, a big component of the research that I think makes it really hard to, like, nail Get down exact accurate numbers. information. Yeah. yeah, and then if you're, like, on a website like FetLife, of course 99% of the people are going to say that there's, like, a sexual reason for them to get into it, whereas, like, if you're just on, like, a brony page, maybe there wouldn't be a sexual component to that necessarily, yeah. you know? No, I totally agree. Um, I did find one last little tidbit of research, or of data, I guess. 75% said that they watch furry porn. So that's a pretty high number. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also found a book that I wanted to recommend to our listeners, written by the person who kind of started the first, like, furry um, convention. And so the book is called... It's called... Furry Nation by Joe Strike. And so he just, like, was, I think, the first person to, like, help put on these seminar or these, like, conventions for furries. And so he's written just, like, a whole book about the furry community. And so it's called Furry Nation. I hope that he is a furry. He is. Okay. He's, like, a, I want to say a frog or an alligator, one or the other. Yeah. It's also interesting, I guess, before we started researching this, and I just thought of this, that I never really imagined people... I never imagined furries being anything other than, like, a furry animal. Like, I never oh. imagined a furry as, like, a crocodile or a frog or... Like, yeah. I wonder if there's furry fish. Yeah. Or, I'm sure there's birds. Yeah. That's probably a thing. 
Definitely. Or snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess I could see it, like, I could see it now, but I had just never thought about it before. Yeah. So, here we are enlightening ourselves. We truly are. Um, some last little bit that I wrote down, um, just to kind of talk about the furry fetish itself, like the sexual part of being, um, part of the furry community, if that's what you're choosing to partake in, um, it's not to be confused with bestiality. Like, these people don't want to go have sex with an animal. They just want to have sex with, like, the other people who are using fursuits and are into, or it may be just, like, ears and a tail. Like, Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with an actual animal sexual attraction. I'm glad that you mentioned that, because I think that's really important to, like, differentiate between the two. Yeah. And then I also wrote down that it's just, they, like, when they partake in these sexual activities, that it's, they're, like, acting it out in costume or... Um, participating in sexual activities with these, like, um, traits, or not traits, um, fursonas, I guess, kind of. Yeah, they're just using their fursonas to also partake in sexual activity. Because the, the, like, fursona, or the personality that they take on doesn't necessarily, like, have animal characteristics. It's just, like, an alternate personality. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, role play. Yes. Exactly. It's just like role play. Yeah. You just have, you like, animal characteristics instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also wrote down animated porn is a big part of um, the sexualized side of furries. That'd be quite the job. To create that? Yeah. yeah. But that's also, too, like, a lot of other fandoms do the same thing, you know? Like, yeah. there's, like, Harry Potter porn. There's other kinds of fandoms have porn, too. Yeah. Like, if... You know, if you can think of it, there's porn about it, so, mm-hmm. I guess. I guess it's also kind of important to differentiate between, is this truly a fetish, or is it just something, I guess you don't only know that if you talk to somebody one-on-one, but it's like, is it actually a fetish? Like, they can only get off in their fursonas? I think there are definitely some people, it's like a spectrum. Yeah, it's still, to- like, that's what I think I'm getting at. Yeah. It's a spectrum. And then some people just, like, like it and enjoy it, but it's not, like, needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can be, like, kinky and enjoy it, or you could only be able to, what am I saying? You can only get off if you're yeah. the, in that personality. Yeah. yeah. Um, on that note, I know you're going to talk about news stories, but I just wanted to talk about something that I found on FetLife that was really interesting. Like, last time when we were talking about feet, it was all about, or there was this whole thread about how people realized that they were into feet, and I could not find that anywhere on FetLife. Did I look much? No. But couldn't find it on FetLife. I'm, it might be there. Um, if anyone wants to do some digging. But I found a lot of, like, first of all, it was people reaching out to find other furries, which I think is very um, understandable now that we kind of understand more about the community. Like, it's just people who want to belong to a community. Yeah. And so on, they're, they're on FetLife, so they're, it's probably something sexual that they're interested in, but they're just looking for other people. Um, and then it's also a lot of people on FetLife were asking, like, if what they were into was classified as being a furry. So, like, I found one woman who was asking for advice on how to classify themselves. I'm not sure what gender they identify with, actually. Um, and so they ask, and their username is Bear Dyke, which is fabulous. <laughs> um, they ask, are there levels to this? Because I don't feel like I identify with an animal or anything but I have a bear coat. It is similar to the coat from Workaholics. If you haven't seen that, 
Oh my god. It's Look it up. Precious. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually kind of want a bear coat as well. Um, I love it and I love wearing it. I even bought a panda version of it. Sometimes I even refer to myself as a bear dyke, but mostly because I don't feel like BBW fits. I don't know what that means. Um, I do bite and growl a bit sometimes, but never dream of full outfits. So they're kind of like not sure if they're allowed to be in this community or maybe if they even want to be in the community. And Was so there like advice posted? Yep. Um, and so the top, like the most liked comment said, honestly, up to you to pick how you see yourself, which oh. I think is so cool. Yeah. Like they were like, you can take it as far as you want, but it's all up to you. Like, yeah. there's no, like, rules to be a part of the community. It's just, like... It was almost... It, that response is almost like, well, if you want to be part of the community, hop on in. And if not... Right. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So, and then the that same person that commented gave a little bit more info about it. So, it said, like, um... <laughs> a lot of my friends use the term diet furry for the stuff they like. Some people just enjoy the idea of anthropomorphic animals... Some people identify as one. Some people dabble in and out, um, blah, 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 like we talked about before. And then they said, from what you said, though, if you wanted me to pick, it does ring true towards primal. I guess my follow-up question would be, um, what is it about the bear coat that you love? So is it like you feel like immersed in like a, a different personality when you wear it, or do you just like how it feels? Right. So Right, because part of being a furry, well, I guess... Because we've talked about the spectrum so much. Never mind. I just thought it was, like, a super supportive answer, especially on a website dedicated to fetishes. Yeah. And they're just, they just all are, like, basically, like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Which is cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I did try and look up some famous furries. Um, like, people, well, people who are furries that are famous to us. Um, but, you know, that's, like, really hard because if you're really immersed in the furry community, you'd have a fursuit and a fursona, so, like, nobody would even know who you... You wouldn't, like, publicize it necessarily. Yeah. Um, some people, this is, like, very controversial, so I'm not trying to offend anybody, but some people have, like, pointed out Ariana Grande as, like, a furry because mm-hmm. she wears a lot of the ears and the tails, mm-hmm. um, which if you're going off the CNN article I read and the research he posted, it's like, well, she could she could categorize herself that way but I think it has a lot to do with how she is choosing like you get to choose if you want to be a furry or not so if like she I have no nothing to say about Ariana Grande or I have no words of hers but if she wanted to choose to be a furry she could be Mm -hmm. but I I don't know if she has chosen or not but a lot of people on the internet have categorized her as a furry because of the ears and like I feel like I've seen pictures of her with like a nose like and whiskers or whatever drawn like a bunny rabbit yeah so I mean so you could maybe potentially say that she could be part of the furry community if she so chooses and then um Elon Musk had a whole thing on Twitter which he was like given a fursona and all this stuff so it was given to him yes so he might be fur curious as the internet likes to say um i have some news articles are we ready for them okay um oh i have this one probably goes best with my last comments about famous furries so bucky the badger from university of wisconsin the person who Um, dresses up in the Bucky the Badger costume, so that's, like, their mascot, has decided that Bucky is his fursona, 
and that he categorizes himself as a furry, and... Oh my god. Okay, that's fascinating, actually. Very fascinating. Because people who, like, people are super into mascots. Yes. Like, the people who wear the mascot costumes are super into it, so And they're all anthropomorphic. Yeah, so is that like, a sect of being a furry? I don't know. I mean, I don't think... He didn't say he was sexual about it at all. No, and it but, doesn't have to be. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that... Like, those people who... Because, you know, they're, like, professionals. Yes. They are really good at being um, mascots. A personality in a furry costume. And that is what being a furry is, is you have a fursona. Yeah, so oh, I thought that was so... I read that, and then I tried to look up if other people who dress in mascots... So, like, in Arizona, we have the... Is it Bobcat that's the Diamondbacks... He has a name. I can't remember his name. But it's like, I was thinking about the ones I know, and it's like, well, he is. He's he's an animal in a sons. costume. What's that? The gorilla for the sun. Yeah, yeah, they're all animals in these costumes. And it's like, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, after doing all this research, it's like, well, you are a furry. Whether right. you want to, like, define yourself that way or not, like, you, you're dressing up in the costumes and stuff. So it's very interesting. Do you think there's, like, a different... Um, like a side community of mascots. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's a different fetish. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. But I thought it was very interesting that he was so open and said that Bucky the Badger <laughs> is a furry. Love that. Yeah. I bet it didn't go great with the college. You know, I'm not sure it didn't get that far, <laughs> but I thought it was great. <laughs> um, I have some news articles about a few um, politicians. So, actually, an Arizona state senator... Um, she asked about furries online. She, her name is Kelly Townsend, and, um, if you want my personal, um, opinion on her, it's not high. But, um, she had some questions, and so the Twitter community also gave her a fursona. I'm not really sure what that says about somebody if they're given a fursona. I feel like they're, like, that's not by choice, but I just thought it was really silly. And actually, it's almost, like disrespectful to the furry community? Well, but it's furries giving her a fursona. It's like people who are furries are then like, well, I'll answer your questions about the furry community and also push it one step further and give you a fursona. (laughs) So you can embrace it. Yeah. So So you can be part of this community. (laughs) Yeah. So she was given a lot of um, feedback on Twitter for that. Um, There's also a councilman in Connecticut that goes by the name of Scott Chamberlain, because that's his name, um, who was forced to resign when he, when his furry, um, I think he did actually have a fetish, like a furry fetish, came to light, or maybe just a sexual interest in furries, um, and one of the reasons, so, like, you, I took a step back, and I was like, that's way too far, like, if he wants to be a furry, and he wants to be sexual with his furry desires, who cares, like, he's a public figure, but at the end of the day, does it matter? Right. But it did go a little bit too far when he um, put in his, like, furry, um, I feel like he had, like, a website or, like, a, he was part of a community, a furry community on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it said that he tolerates rape. Yeah, and it's... So that was where it went too far. Yeah, it's so... Like, that's not okay for anybody. Yes. But if you are a public figure, like, every part of your life is going to be scrutinized. Yes. And so it's like, I feel like he... I don't know. I feel like he would be just as heavily criticized if that part hadn't been in there. Oh, I agree. It was like they were already after him for just being part of the furry community and being part of the sexualized side Mm -hmm. of the furry community, which, at the end of the day, who cares? But then I I do... people do care, though. Yeah. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating about it all. It's like, what... 
if you're if your politician is doing what they're supposed to be doing, it shouldn't matter nope. what they get off to. Nope. As long as they're not hurting somebody. Right. And but that's where it went too far. Right. It's like then you read that. So I'm reading the article, and then when I saw it tolerate he tolerates rape, I was like, oh, okay, totally understand. He needs to be like, you know, forced to resign as he was. But I'm curious as to where that kind of fell into him being forced to resign. Right. Like if if they were if already kind of out to get him, and then they, like, found that and it was easier now, yeah. or if... Like, if the rape thing hadn't been on there, yes, would they have what would still... have happened? Yeah. Yeah. So, that was a curious article. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I found one last article, um, where this one, I, I um, again, feel like this is, like, going to be kind of... not Controversial is not the right word, but it's depicting furries in a bad light, and as we've done so much research... Most of them are just people who have found a community in which they belong and they feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. However, there was a couple who their furry, their fursona was a cat and they had a... One cat or two cats? I can't, I, the article was kind of unclear. It was from a trustworthy site. It was like, I wish I had written it down. It was like Fox or NBC or somewhere. Um, like a major news article, a major news station okay. produced this article. But it was unclear. Maybe this one of them was a cat and the other one wasn't a furry at all. I'm not... Maybe they were a two-headed cat? Maybe they were both cats? I'm not really sure. But they had convinced this 15-year-old to be part of a sexual experience, and um, they had him dress up as a goat furry, and then they proceeded to abuse him. So it was was quite awful. I'm not going to share too much information because the article was like just like sad and gross um but so there must be but but the reason I wanted to share this article was it kind of goes along with what we talked about last episode with the feet is like where is the turn where does it go you're like yeah you're like so obviously you're getting this person must have had like a true fetish where it's like this is what's going to get them off but then they like just go one step too far and it's like now you're abusing a child and it's like where in the psychology of all this is that and step. And how does it escalate to that point? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they were arrested and charged with um, abuse or child abuse or sexual abuse or all three. Um, but I just thought that was, like, the psychology of all it is so interesting and I want to know where that line gets crossed. Same. Yeah. Maybe we'll figure it out through this podcast. I hope so. I doubt it, but. Yeah. Um, on that note, so I actually just found a whole bunch of people's stories of how they became furries. Oh! Which I didn't find on FetLife. Oh. But suddenly found all of these. Nice. I so love it. I'm going to read you some. The One of them is very erotic, which I told Aaron about before we... I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> before we started recording. I don't... Do you want me to read it before I read the tame ones? I don't know how to do this. Let's save it for... Let's save it for last. Okay. I'm not yeah. going to be able to make it through all of it. It's so long and it there's like no punctuation and it's all about like sliding things into things and loads and there's a lot. Okay. So we'll see how long I last. We'll go tame and then <laughs> we can, we'll go Yeah, untamed. we can play that game where I just read it until I start laughing. There I, we go. My grandma had me play that game once. It wasn't erotic, but... <laughs> She's just like, read this story until you start laughing. So that's what I feel like I'm going to do here. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so the first, the tame ones, this is, it's on Cora. people just explaining how they became furries. Um, So this one is nice and short. He says, I didn't specifically become one. I have always been into transformations and stuff like that. But prior to discovering what the furry community was, I basically didn't know that there was even such a thing as a furry, to be honest. I pretended that I wasn't for the longest time until I eventually came clean. So, hmm, tame. 
Um, and then this person says, um, I'm thinking you're human. That's the easy part. Also thinking you're a male. I don't see a woman really feeling the need to ask this question. And the question at the top was, um, why did you become a furry? So I don't know why they are assuming that this person's male, but here we are. Um, so then they proceed to ask, why did you become a human male? Unlike the previous answers, it wasn't a choice for me. And they're talking about being a furry. Um, I grew up on anthropomorphic cartoons, then more adult varieties, anime, a fondness for animals for as long as I can recall. Um, humans were sad and limited. I was a wolf first. So I guess this person, it seems like, like they were exposed to so much anthropomorphic stuff growing up, like we all were, or most of us were. And so humans were just not exciting for them. Anymore. Yeah. And yeah. so they took on that personality yeah. as something else. Um, then they say, um, then I bounced around a bit, wolf, fox, rabbit, coyote, hawk, that was odd, they say, um, and finally settled comfortably into an otter, which sounds nice. That does sound nice. Um, still retaining aspects of some of my past furs. And that was pretty much it. It wasn't a choice at all. It was me. It is me. There was no becoming at all. No costumes, no posturing, just living my life the way this way feels right. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. 50 plus years into this life and no regrets. Love. Yeah. Oh, this one. <laughs> okay. I blame it on my cat. I grew up with a black cat and always felt special around her. I admired her beauty, softness, softness, gentle way, in a way I started to identify with her. I also loved reading stories about animals, especially felines, since I could read. With time, I became more interested and enjoyed imagining how they feel and think. So when I learned about snow leopards and visited them at zoos, I felt even more attached, feeling more and more over there on the side of the glass. That's kind of a different sort of me. Then in 1993, I found the unsent group alt Wow, I wish we had found that when we yeah. started researching. Um, and understand nothing because it was about comics, magazines, and conventions I had never heard about. I found the FTP server, blah, 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 blah which had a collection of furry artwork, ordered alphabetically. <laughs> I was clueless, but started contributing, also sending emails to a few furries. Um, I found that there were even a few in Germany, not really a community yet. Early in 1994, after finding out how, and that's just talking about online stuff, so that was basically the end. But I thought it was interesting that, like, that doesn't sound even remotely sexualized at all. They no. just felt a connection to felines and wanted and to be it. part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm pretty excited for this oh untamed one. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> wow, it is so long. Yeah. And it's weird. I guess it doesn't really answer the question. Well, I can't wait. Which is, why did you become a furry? But um, there are also a lot of uh, people that answered this with saying that they, like, judged people in high school and college who were furries, and then they kind of just, like, realized that they liked it, too. That's so. kind of heartwarming. Yeah, it is. Okay. Deep breath. <sighs> you made it zero words, people. Okay. This is rough. We need to rate this as explicit. Okay. <laughs> this is explicit content coming up. Um, if Hide you your are kids. 18 years or younger, please stop this podcast and also, move on. Probably don't listen to it ever. Yeah, agree. This is not, this is only for 18 plus. Yeah. Okay. I can't explain how fucking much I need a furry body. I have to have a cute wolf 
licking my thick, musky sheath. I need to hear him whining as he gently sucks on my tip and slides his tongue down into my sheath. I need to feel him lick all around my quickly hardening knot as my shaft extends into his hot mouth. It just gets worse. Oh my Do you goodness. Want me to keep going? I don't know. It's so long. What what is, so it just is it just it's like just sex? sex? It's basically just like porn. Yeah. Or like an erotic novel. Yeah, over and over again. And there's hardly any punctuation. Wow. And all I see a lot of sliding and throbbing and a lot. I mean, it's up is, to you. You can read it if I don't you want. want. Okay. <laughs> but it's just like very um in your face for Cora. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Interesting, but I mean, I guess it does really like describe a fetish, right? Yeah. It's like they needed no, totally. this like sexual yeah. experience. But it has nothing to do with like how this developed. It's just like porn. Yeah. So, didn't answer the question, but it was interesting to see. Yeah. Um, as we continue doing research and continue looking at fetishes, we would love for any listeners to let us know about their experiences with fetishes, especially ones we've covered or ones we're about to cover. So you can reach us at fetishfinderspodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you would like to send in any listener mail. We also do have an Instagram, though there's nothing on it yet, but there will be. There will be. Also, What's the fetish, handle? Fetish Finders Podcast. Oh, at Fetish Finders Podcast. Yeah. Um, and with that, next week. Think, oh, yeah. Next week, Haley is very excited for our fetish. <laughs> what is it? Tickling. So we're going to cover a tickling fetish. It'll probably be a little bit more sexual next week, um, whereas this one wasn't so sexual. Get excited. Yeah, get excited. Get a little uh, laughy. Yeah. 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 We little, can talk about... giggly. We can uh, talk about being tickled at the uh, pedicurist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we hate people touching our feet. The collectively. collectively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime they do that stupid scrub thing on my feet, it's just like, I basically just kick these people in the face. Don't we all? But I haven't no, gone to gotten... <laughs> I haven't gotten a pedicure. I mean, I'm not a pedicure person in general, but I can't even remember the last time I went and got one. I got one, like, probably the day before the pandemic. Oh. Like, everything closed because of the pandemic, because my best friend forced me to. Nice. And I kicked the person. <laughs> Our bad lady. Also, my feet are just disgusting in general, so. It's never a good time yeah. to go see. They just, and like, I don't make like fun having my calluses um taken off. removed i've yeah. worked hard for those bad boys yeah. why why are we talking about this who cares it's great it's great conversation. <laughs> it's our podcast um so yeah. with it <laughs> hope you enjoyed learning about um furries yeah also i hope that you enjoyed hearing my voice because i feel like on the first episode it was very far away we um, uh upgraded our <laughs> audio here so so enjoy sex however, however you, you like, like.